This is the Small Queendom Podcast, episode 12. Really quickly, before we get into my interview with my friend, Carrie Alexander, who is an amazing woman and health coach and life coach, just doing awesome, awesome work. We have a great conversation. I want to let you know what is drop-in this week, and it is a beautiful offering for your virtual coffee table. My beautiful guide entitled Queen for a Day. This is truly chock full of recipes DIY projects and prompts for your body, your mind, and your spirit. You are going to love what I've put in here. I have loaded it up with some of my favorite things and including, I'm going to do a little spoiler, my everything complexion spray. Yes, it is truly everything and I am obsessed with it. I have seen similar complexion sprays being sold from natural companies for around $40 and this one literally you can make with just a few simple ingredients and it is amazing so i would love for you to check that out as soon as it drops it will be uploaded to the show notes of this episode and probably the next episode and it will be over on my instagram or you can find it on smallqueendom.com i hope that you love it and it really just inspires you to uh you know create that inspiring queendom that's what we're all about here Another quick thing I want to ask you to do right now, if you have not yet left a star uh, rating, a five star hopefully, and a review on iTunes, please do that. It truly helps get the word out. It helps all the you know algorithm things with iTunes and um, it also helps my show be suggested uh, at the bottom of the screen when other people are listening to other shows. And it just helps the work that I'm doing, you know, get out to more folks. And I would be so appreciative. All right. Without any further ado, let's get to Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me today and for those of you who are not right here in my office Carrie is actually sitting in front of me so I'm doing a live interview thank you for joining me absolutely it's my pleasure how's your summer going um it's been kind of a crazy summer um a little thing a lot of things unexpected and definitely not going as planned but um, overall, it is going well. You've hurt your foot recently, haven't you? I did. I've injured it twice, actually, tore a tendon in the arch of my foot, and so oh. no fun hiking and wakeboarding, fun summery things for me. Oh, that is so hard. You've kind of been um, forced to have a season of rest. <laughs> yes. God has called me to that, and then I didn't listen, so he, he made that occur for me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But it sounds like you and your physical therapist have a plan going forward. We were chatting about it. Yes, absolutely. There's hope. Yes. <laughs> All right. Before we get too uh, deep into stuff, why don't you just uh, introduce yourself, Carrie, and tell us who you are and what you're all about. 
So, my name is Carrie, and I am currently a health coach with Ignite Life Health and Wellness Coaching. And I am a wife, and I love to ski and be outside and be in nature. And I am totally a child of the one true king. Oh, I love that. Um, now, I know that it's been really awesome to see you move into the health and wellness space, but that hasn't always been your profession of choice. Tell us what you did prior to this. <laughs> yeah, so I was an elementary school teacher oh for boy. 17 years. <laughs> you deserve a medal. <laughs> and what did you teach? I taught preschool, kindergarten, first, second, third, and fourth grades. Wow. All right, so what made you kind of move out of that space? Well, it was kind of my own journey through health issues of my own. Okay. Um, so it it was kind of, it, not kind of, it was totally a God thing. Mm -hmm. um, struggling with some gut issues and some major pain and um, kind of coming through that um, kind of felt the call of my life to become a health coach and help others through their health journeys. So when you talk about gut health, let's talk about that a little bit more because I think a lot of women and men deal with a lot of... Um, issues and digestive issues and health issues and it really does take a toll on their body and and so tell us a little bit more about what happened there okay yeah so um taking you back um, 10 12 years ago I started having some pain between my shoulders um and started seeing doctors and having tests done and then more doctors and more tests and nobody could really figure out what was going on with me and they were to the point of getting ready to put a nerve block in my spine oh my. because I was in so much pain. And then I started having trouble with my gut. Um, indigestion, um, <laughs> constipation, diarrhea, mm -hmm. and um, severe pain in my gut. So again, more doctors, more tests, colonoscopy, endoscopies. I drank stuff to make me radioactive. And I mean, it was just, oh I, I know it was bad stuff. So anyways, um, they really couldn't find anything wrong with me again. And... Then it came to the point where it was painful to eat anything. Mm. And I dreaded eating. And I didn't want to eat. I knew that I had to eat for energy and <laughs> to stay alive. But it was so painful. And so I knew something drastic had to happen. And so I started taking my own health in my own hands. Because the doctors didn't have the answers for what was going on with me. So they're saying... You know, you're saying you're having all this pain. We can't find a reason why you're having this pain. Exactly. Did you feel like, am I going crazy? Like, am I making this up? Like, what's happening? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> My husband still kids me today that, um, you know, maybe I was a little crazy. <laughs> all right. So what did that look like when you started to say, okay, it's up to me now. Mm -hmm. So I started doing research on how to make my body healthy. And I began listening to talks online about a variety of topics from gut health to cancer to Alzheimer's to toxins, tons of things. Mm -hmm. And I started applying some of this information to my own body. And I started to see mm -hmm. results. Wow. What was one of the first things you started doing? The first thing I started doing was... A special diet called the GAPS diet. Okay, tell us about that. So the GAPS diet is a reverse elimination diet. So basically you take everything out of your diet and you start with one thing. So I started with 
homemade stock. So beef stock, chicken stock, fish stock. And I wow. ate only that for two weeks. Oh my. I know. It was intense, but it was what my body needed. And now I'm, I'm not saying if you have gut health issues that you need to just drink chicken stock for two <laughs> weeks. That may not be your, pain, your plan. But it was for me. You were in such an extreme place, you couldn't even have lunch. Right. (laughs) So then from there, you begin adding one thing in at a time. Mm -hmm. And it got to a place where I could eat again. And I was on this diet after adding things in, and and there's still some major restrictions. Mm -hmm. And through this process, I did have some allergy testing done and determined that I was allergic to barley and fructose. So... I had to make sure that I was avoiding those ingredients. So barley has a gluten in it, so I was gluten-free. And Mm -hmm. fructose is a natural sugar in fruits and vegetables. So I was really having to be careful with what fruits and vegetables I was eating. Wow, so what ones were you able to eat? I was able to eat berries and citrus fruits and basically squash and carrots. Oh my gosh. So how long did you do this for? Oh, I could also eat like spinach, leafy greens. So um. I did this for around two years. Wow. Um, And then I came to a place where I was learning more things. And I'd also worked a whole lot on my mental health. Mm. And this was probably the biggest component of changing the path of my health. Um, Because that pain in my shoulders that I started with determined or came to be from some past experiences and negativity emotions that I was holding on to. Okay, this is so funny. I was just talking about this in episode 9 of my podcast that our emotions can manifest itself in the body if not released. Is is that what you're saying? Absolutely it is. So you're saying that some past experiences, maybe some relational conflicts or, you know, different things, they, they were holding themselves in your spine? Yes, Whoa. Okay. Talk to us more about that. <laughs> See, I'm not crazy, folks. This is I the know, real deal. I know. It is the real deal. So um, I don't want to get too scientific on you, but basically our cells have receptors and they take in emotions. And when those emotions are positive, think about if you're happy and joyful, what that's going to do to your cells. Mm-hmm. It's going to kind of make them work really well and be happy and move around a lot. Totally. So if you're taking in the opposite of depression and anxiety and pain and regret and Mm -hmm. all these negative things, think about what that feeling might be for a cell. It's going to be negative Mm -hmm. and your cell's not going to work well and it's going to hang on to that because it doesn't really know what to do with it. So that's where the pain was. In between my shoulder blades, it was storing those emotions that I had taken in. Wow. Okay. So then what? So, <laughs> I, um, I actually was working with some, uh, a physical therapist during that time, and I was working um, with a particular lady who did some myofascial release okay. massage that was super helpful for me. And mainly, like I said before, the biggest part of releasing that pain was dealing with those emotions mm-hmm. and dealing with the stress. Um, and so, I worked with a counselor... Um, actually going on about seven years now um, that I've worked with her and uh, that has been transformational for me. Absolutely. You know, I've talked about a little bit on my experience on seeing a counselor and I just, I love the fact that more and more 
really healthy and dynamic people that are doing awesome things are really being open about their use of a counselor and seeking help. You know, I think sometimes we think that if we're seeking the help of a counselor or a therapist or a psychologist, that it means that we're weak. Yeah. But I, I don't think so. I agree. Tell me about your experience about seeing a counselor and kind of what that's opened up for you. Yeah. At first I was freaked out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what it was all about. And there is this stigma around yes. seeing a counselor and mental health. Oh, such a stigma around mental health. So, um, my experience though is that it created a sense of peace and hope. Mm the hope that I didn't have or wasn't able to find on my own. And this hope that this counselor brought into my life, that there can be healing, mm. that I can be forgiven, that I mm -hmm. can overcome, and I can <laughs> be a person who moves and does in this world. Mm -hmm. That was my experience. Do you feel like you were dealing with feelings of maybe... Like if, you know, my life has brought me to this poor point, I'm never going to get better. So maybe you felt like some self-sabotage was oh, in there? totally. <laughs> All right. Talk about that. Talk about some self-sabotage. Because I've identified with my own self, you know, trying to uh, trying a new, a new thing, mm -hmm. even like with this podcast, you know, very excited about it, very passionate, but then thinking the, the negative thoughts, oh, no one's ever going to listen to that. Oh. Or that's really not going to pan out for you. Why do why do us women or anyone have so many thoughts of self sabotage? Such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, in my health coaching practice, self sabotage is a huge thing that I talk with my clients about. Wow! Because in every single transformation, we will self sabotage. Here's the reason why. When we begin to change things in our lives. Our brain freaks out a little bit because it's thinking, I've not been in this place before. I don't know what's going to happen. Warning, warning, danger, danger. Please go back to the way things were. Yes. I know what's going to happen if you stay in that place. You are mm -hmm. safe there. So your brain, and I like to call this part of your brain your critter brain. <laughs> your critter brain is responsible for keeping you safe. Mm -hmm. So that's the part of your brain that tells you to go back to the way that it's always known. So when you try to change things, it's important to understand that you're going to have some self-sabotage, but also there are ways to overcome that self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to control you. Mm. So what were some things that you did to kind of work through that self-sabotage? <sighs> some things personally that I did was um, continuing to see my counselor and continuing to try new tactics even when they didn't work the first time. Mm. Um, we were doing some creative outlets that were super beneficial in helping me work through some emotions and working through some of that self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. So that was super helpful for me. Painting, drawing, okay. that was huge for me. Okay. And I'm not a painter. I'm not an artist professionally, but it's something that I love to do for my myself and my self-care. So it was another outlet for kind of that, those feelings to flow. Yes. Because sometimes we don't have words mm -hmm. for how we're feeling, you know, and we, we do need something to touch or to move or to bend to describe that. 
Yeah. All right, so you were fixing your gut. Mm -hmm. You were fixing your mind. Mm -hmm. What was happening with the relationships in your life at that time? Um, were, were you realizing that maybe there were some toxic people or toxic things you were needing to release mm -hmm. and let go of? Yeah. Mm. So always happens. This always happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the midst of my struggles, I was having severe anxiety and depression. So I kind of became a hermit. Mm. Um, and mainly because I couldn't deal with the emotions I was having, much less trying to deal with having a conversation with someone else about their own emotions or what was going on in their life. And so for a little while, I just had to kind of step out of life. Mm. Um, and that was a coping mechanism for myself. Mm. And during that time, of course, relationships kind of fizzled and fell apart. And I also determined that there were some toxic relationships that I needed to let go of. Mm -hmm. That I was in the middle of um, just some negativity and people just dragging me down. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of did some things to work through that. And then as I started feeling better, starting to slowly put myself back into social situations, and still to this day, I have some severe social anxiety. Mm -hmm. And um, my husband's really great. <laughs> um, he he knows this, and, and he is my social coordinator, because if it weren't for him, I would probably stay at the house all day. <laughs> but uh, So he gets me out of the house, and he's really good to check on me, you know, That's in the good. middle of wherever we are. You doing okay? How's things going? Emotions good? And mm -hmm. so he's really good at supporting me in something that I still struggle with. That's awesome because, you know, even in a really healthy place, we all need to know where our boundaries are. You know, I consider myself, I would consider myself an extrovert, but I really like my alone time. So I might be at an event or at a conference or something and I'm really loving it. But when I get home, it's like... I need to be by myself for a while. <laughs> so I get that. And it's good to know like who that person is to kind of check in on you. You doing okay? We need to leave. Let's go. I want to back up a little bit about um, people or toxic relationships or situations that you need to let go. What could be some examples of some cues that someone might get that, hey, this might not be as healthy for me as I think. Like mm -hmm. I know for me... There were some relationships that I was in that every time I talked to them, it just turned to gossip really quick. And I found that I was starting to get critical and, mm. you know, negative. And I didn't like that about myself. And so I still, you know, I'm, I still see these people, but they're not the person that I pick up the phone and call. Yeah. You know, so what could be some other kind of cues yeah. about some things that may not be so good? Yeah, I love that you pointed out I'm going down the gossip trail because mm -hmm. that can be a huge... Um, downer, mm -hmm. um, especially if that's not something you want to engage in. Mm -hmm. um, so another thing is to really pay attention to how you feel when you're with this person. So are you feeling positive and uplifted? Are you feeling drained? Mm -hmm. Are you feeling ick? Ugh, this is really not going well. I can't wait till I can leave and go home. Okay. Um, and pay attention to how you feel when you do separate yourself from that person. Like as you're with them and you leave, are you totally exhausted and need to go and spend time by yourself? Or are you feeling uplifted? So paying attention to how you feel around people can be a huge sign to you of if this is a relationship you 
you would benefit from or one that might be dragging you down a little bit? I 100% agree with that. One thing I am going to um, add my own thought is because with this journey of counseling, you know, you've been on it, I'm, I'm on it. I've realized that sometimes the person in the relationship that I don't like is myself. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. there have been times I've been around someone that I know is awesome, but I wasn't comfortable. Yeah. And I realized I needed to like look in the own, my own mirror. I love that. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Okay. Let's talk, let's talk about something. So we talked about this. We've talked, we've kind of talked about this a little bit before, but, um, talking about regret, you know, there are some people that like to flippantly say, I live with no regrets. And they kind of take that as like a badge. Mm-hmm. I think that if someone says, I live with no regret, that they haven't done deep work. Because I think when you do deep work, there is things that you wish that you could change and things that you have to live with. Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced any kinds of thoughts like that? Or I don't know, am I just rambling? No, I love this thought and, and thinking about regrets and, um, I love, I love your thought on it and, you know, perhaps people who have no regrets are five and (laughs) (laughs) perhaps they haven't really put their self out there to live. Mm. Maybe they're hiding. Maybe they're hermits like I turned to be at that one point. That is a regret for me. But it's one, It's something that I needed in that moment. I regret that that is what I had to turn to. Mm. Um, so I, I think the deep work causes things in your past to come up. We all have things in our past. Mm-hmm. And if you are an adult over the age of 21, then you have regrets. You have things, you have skeletons in your closet. And if you say you don't, then you are not facing reality. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry. And I hope that someday that you will be able to pull some of those things up and deal with them. I agree because, you know, everyone goes through stuff. You know, if you are on planet Earth, something is difficult is going to happen, right? And and I refer to my skeletons in the closet as the cobwebs. Oh, you know, yeah. The cobwebs in the dark mm-hmm. room. I gotta turn on the light and deal with them, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, being ready to kind of evaluate, assess, work through, and then move on. Because it's not like we have to get stuck in the past. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so, back to your story. We took a nice tangent. <laughs> So you're getting your mind right, you're getting your gut right, your body is starting to respond, then what? So then um, I can feel this call on my life that Mm. God has something he wants me to do, but he wouldn't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) So I waited for two years for him to tell me, and what I learned in that process was that he waited for the exact right time to tell me because if he had told me earlier, I wouldn't have been ready for it. And not that what I was ready when he told me because what he told me was that he wanted me to encourage women with my story. Mm. And my instant response was, no! <laughs> well, because you just said you've been a, you were a hermit for two years. <laughs> right? So, um, not that. Um, 
so me and God have had some knockdown drag outs about it, and he's won, and so here I am telling <laughs> telling my story. But um, anyways, um, and so this process of that call on my life and then um, laying basically in my lap a training to be um, certified as a health coach mm -hmm. literally fell into my lap one day and took that as a sign, and here I am, a health coach. When God thinks about us, He's, and we are his children, he sees us as perfect and whole. Mm -hmm. We're moving towards that. But that's how God sees us. Yeah. So sometimes it takes us a while to get in alignment with that, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. How does God speak to you? Well, <laughs> um, he speaks to me a couple different ways. Through visions. Oh. Um, pictures in my mind. Um, he's also spoken words to my heart. So those words, mm -hmm. I want you to encourage women with your story were not audible words, but they were spoken so loud to mm -hmm. my heart. I was actually in a church service when I felt that and I actually looked around the sanctuary to see if someone else heard what I felt. Oh, wow. It was super powerful. Okay. Um, God also speaks to me through his word in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. What is a verse that's been on your heart a lot lately? Oh. <laughs> Or um, any verse. <laughs> well, it's hard because there's a ton. Um, probably one of my favorite that I recite, um, if not weekly, daily, um, which is Philippians 4, 6 through 8. And Philippians 4, 6 is, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. Amen. It's good. Because when we feel fear and anxiety, what can we possibly do to the fullest? Yeah, nothing. He tells us, do not fear. Mm -hmm. let, let that go. Yeah. Right? Mm. And in that verse, he commands us to do the opposite of fear, mm -hmm. which is to have gratitude. Yeah. Mm, love that. We didn't need any self-help book for that. We just needed to open our Bible. <laughs> oh, I love that. I've been reciting to myself um, Philippians 1.8 that he who began a good work will, you know, bring it to completion, whatever yeah. version you're reading. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chillums. to say that I got the great pleasure of doing a two-week kind of reset with you. What was the official name of that? that um, it's a it's a cleanse. It's a detox. Yes. Um, I've kind of changed the name of that a little bit to feel better all over cleanse. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. So <laughs> we, we kind of took some things out of my diet for two weeks and I had several calls with you and it really helped. And I'm, I've even um, been mindful and I'm still kind of incorporating some of those things, and I really can change. Uh, I, can, I can really feel the change mm -hmm. that's happening in my body. So um, what is kind of like your vision for what you do as a health coach and um, what you're hoping to see in the future for your clients? Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love that you asked that question because I have just written a brand new program oh, wow. I'm super excited about. And, um, you know, I told you that God had place this call on my life and um you know being a school teacher 
in a public school, I wasn't allowed to talk about Jesus, mm-hmm. but it was a passion of mine. Yeah. And so stepping into this health coaching career at first, I wasn't bringing Jesus into it. And then I kind of thought, well, I can talk about Jesus here. This is my business. That's right. <laughs> Actually, you asked me, like, can we talk about Jesus on this podcast? I said, uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. So my new program is called How to Create Your Body to Be a Temple for the Holy Spirit. I love that. And basically what it is, in a nutshell, is 90 days of um, not only healthy habits, so thinking about what you're eating, how you're eating, um, your lifestyle, your movement, what you're drinking, you know, all of these healthy components, Mm -hmm. but also it totally ties in your relationship to God. Mm. And it takes you on a journey um, towards a deeper relationship with Him more fulfillment, and having the desire to spend time with Him. Mm. So instead of it being a reactive relationship, it's a response. Yes. You are treating your body in kindness because you're responding. So that leads me to my next question. Like, where does, you know, it's a, it's a really big buzzword right now, self-care. Mm-hmm. But where does self-care, in light of being a temple, come in? What does that look like? she's she's smiling she's loving this (laughs) I do love this I love to talk about this kind of thing because it's such a passion of mine so you know I feel like those of us who are brought up in the church are taught all our lives to put others before ourselves Mm -hmm. Um, you know deny yourselves give to others and before you give to yourselves and, and yes that is very noble and If we don't take care of ourselves first, we're not going to have anything to give. Mm -hmm. Self-care is a huge component of doing whatever it is that you do. Whether you're changing baby's butts, whether you are, um, you know, making spreadsheets every day, whether Mm -hmm. you are in a courtroom, a classroom, whatever it is that you do, if you don't take time self-care for yourself, you're not going to be able to do what it is, the best way that you can do it. It's so true. Like, how can you, you know, run your car if there's no gas in the tank? Exactly. But it's like, I think, um, I'm sure that there's a lot of men that feel this way, but I think women, especially in the church, feel that message very strongly. So we think we have to do all the things (laughs) on empty. Yeah. One thing I've been trying to incorporate as part of my self-care is um, quietness and stillness. So when you mentioned that, you know, you hear God speak to you, and it comes in visions, that's one thing I'm starting to learn is to get myself in a place of, of stillness. Yeah. And another thing that I do um, for myself, and this is really simple, but I make myself get up from my desk or wherever I am and go drink a whole glass of water and then go pee. <laughs> you yes. Know? I mean, just like those simple n- notice because if I'm dehydrated, and I have to pee, I'm grumpy. Yeah. So I'm not loving my kids well or my husband well if I'm grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But I think that self-work sometimes can look like letting go of the toxic relationships. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I, I, I want to speak just a little bit more about the self-care piece. And, you know, so many people... And self-care has been a journey that I've been on. I've been on... I have had coaching on self-care for oh, over wow. two years now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so um, it is definitely a struggle of mine. 
but I've come a long way. And, um, you know, self-care to me when I first started on this was getting a massage, going to get my nails done, taking a walk, having a hot bath. You know, those are great self-care things. I kind of think those are things you should do. Like, I don't even know if they should go into self-care. <laughs> yeah, personal care, maybe. Yeah, that's hygiene. like hygiene to me. <laughs> yeah. I totally get you. So there's a whole other box of what self-care can be. And I love this phrase that one of my coaches said to me at one point, and it has stuck with me all of this time. And what she said was that self-care is an awareness of what speaks joy to you. Mm. And I might add what speaks joy to you today. Because what you need today is going to be different than what you need tomorrow or in a month or in a year. Absolutely. And part of what speaks joy to you could be a mindset. You know, maybe it is that you do change baby spots all day. Or you do make spreadsheets, and that's not that glorious. Or maybe it is glorious to you. <laughs> so what could speak joy to you in that thing? Mm -hmm. Could you put a fun color on that spreadsheet? Mm -hmm. That might speak joy to you. Or could you rub some essential oil on that baby's belly as you change their mm -hmm. diaper? Maybe that could speak joy to you. Or, you know, maybe having an attitude of gratitude, that can speak joy. Mm -hmm. And that is ultimate self-care. Drop the mic, sister. I'm feeling teary-eyed on that. <laughs> that is so beautiful. Thank you for that. Absolutely. All right, Carrie, when I have guests on my podcast, I'd like to play a little game. Are you up for it? Absolutely. <laughs> well, today I wanted to dig in a little bit more to your adventurous side. And so I just had a few questions um, that I thought I would ask because I know that you have done quite a lot of fun things. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what are some of the most adventurous things you've ever done? Um, well, being a, a an adrenaline junkie, <laughs> um, I have... Um, been skydiving twice. I have been hella skiing in Alaska. <gasps> that may be top of the list. Um, Whoa. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Oh, wow. All right. What is something that you cannot wait to do? You know, I, I thought about this for a long time, and there are so many things on my list to do. Um, I think the next thing on my list is to go skiing in Japan. Oh, yeah. Tell us why. Um, well, one of my goals is to ski on every continent. And we haven't done Asia. And Japan apparently has some amazing mountains. Mm -hmm. And so that is definitely part of the adventure. But also, I think another tweak of that adventure is that going to a place where I have no idea how to speak the language. And there's not that many people there that speak English, from what I've heard. In the more rural areas, obviously. Yes. yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, Japan is definitely on my list of places to go. I don't know if I will ski. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I've just seen pictures of the countryside and the beautiful mm. villages and, and just that um, intentionality and the precision that seems to pervade 
some of um, those rural areas is incredible to me. Yeah. Incredible. All right. What's something adventurous or something around that lines that you would not do again? Well, I'm not sure. You know, I'm thinking about all the adventures that I've had and I've loved all of them. I'm not sure there's something that I wouldn't try again. Um, but there's something that I would not do. Okay, what happened? <laughs> I, I don't think that I would ever swim with sharks. Oh, um, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's not part of the adrenaline that I care to have. No, me neither. Um, so um, I love being at the beach and swimming in the ocean, and I would swim with dolphins or, you know, stingrays or whatever, but sharks are off the list. I'm telling you. Me too. I, I don't know if I've watched Jaws too many times. Or... <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there's a, a new uh, uh, a mega shark movie coming out. I know. And I'm like, who would actually go watch yeah. that? No. Horrible. I'm horrible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, here's something that I would not do. Now, I am not an adrenaline junkie, but once I went spelunking, mm-hmm. of course, this caving, you know, I don't know why they don't just call it caving. Yeah, right. Basically, you're walking around in a cave, and uh, we were with a couple people that were experienced with it, and I was a teenager. There's a, a couple of my friends, it was, um, and we went spelunking, and on the way back, you know, it's slippery, it's wet, there's slopes, there's big kind of chasms you have to get over. Okay, on the way back, one of my friends started sliding down an incline towards a black hole if I'm honest and I didn't I was like 15 I didn't know what was happening I just turned around and like grabbed her hand and I just went on and later I realized my friend almost fell in a black hole oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) so that's something I will not do yeah Off limits for you. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, uh, I know that you are an essential oil lover. Absolutely. What essential oil have you been loving lately? Oh, honestly, um, probably my favorite the past couple weeks has been Console. Mm. Um, we we lost our dog a couple weeks ago, and so oh, that has been one that has just really been beneficial for me. Um, and the woodsiness of it, I, I'm a I'm a woodsy oil girl. Um, I need that woodsy oil for for my anxiety, for just my calmness. And so, the the part of the console blend is just, oh, it just really is good for me. I've heard it described that it feels like a warm hug. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like that. I'm sorry about your dog. That's okay. Thank you. Oh <laughs> gosh. What was the last thing you Amazon primed? Um, <laughs> the last thing I Amazon primed was probably some toilet paper. <laughs> smart. Smart. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it never fails. I'm like, oh gosh, I gotta run to Target. I know. I gotta get toilet paper. $200 later. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That was me. Practical. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, one last question. This one is more serious. Okay. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self mm-hmm. something, what would you tell her? I would tell her that who she is is enough mm. and that God created her perfectly as she is. That's beautiful. Awesome. A little twist on this one. If you could go to yourself in 10 years, Mm. what would you tell yourself? 
Mm, in the future, I would tell myself, ooh, that's a really hard one. It could be a wish or a hope or a dream or a reminder. Maybe maybe what I wish for in, the, in 10 years. Hmm. Wish for um, a place in my life where no matter what comes, that I will still be able to cling to the peace that Jesus provides. That's good. Very good. Awesome. All right, Carrie, before we sign off, tell people how they can keep track of you, <laughs> learn more, connect, all the things. Yeah, absolutely. So you can visit my website at www.ignitelifehealthcoach.com. And anything else on social media? Oh, yeah. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and um, yeah. All right. I will put all that in the show notes. Thank you so much, my friend. Absolutely. It was a joy. I hope that you all will follow Carrie. She is so inspirational. She's the most lovely person, and I know that my friendship with you has greatly benefited my life. So thank you, friend. Absolutely. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me again. Now, two things. Don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. This helps me so incredibly much. And we have a lot of listeners, but only a couple reviews over there. So thank you so much for doing that favor for me. And in return, as a huge thank you, I have my beautiful Queen for a Day ebook that is dropping this week. And I would love for you to enjoy that. Try some of the recipes and let me know what you think. All right, friends, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.